0: From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is non-binary writer and musician Laser Melina Weber, one half of the nerdy folk pop band The Double Clicks.
1: Look at me running, look at me jumping, look at this clothing, look right at me.
0: That is our guest tonight, Laser Molina Weber. They are one half of the duo The Double Clicks, and they have just written a musical called Teaching a Robot to Love. That is one of the songs from that. Why aren't you happy? Laser is a musician and writer known for their nerdy folk pop band The Double Clicks. They sing about dinosaurs, cats, and queer feelings. Totally right up our alley. Their latest project is, is the musical the great thing about it is it debuted at number five on the Billboard Cast Albums Chart. Teaching a Robot to Love is a story about change, acceptance, queer experience, and also robots. Everybody, welcome to the show. Laser.
1: Oh, how you doing? <laughs>
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Um, how do you identify and what are your pronouns?
1: I identify as agender or non-binary, and my pronouns are they, them. And I don't know if you do orientation as well. I'm bisexual and pansexual.
0: And cool. <laughs> and just
1: plain cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. How did you choose your name? Oh, yeah. Um. I love this question. And I'm like, you sent me this long list of questions. I'm like, you know what? If... If it was a person if these questions were coming from not a place of love i you know like when cis people ask you questions and they're like what's this and i was just like "What?" but you <laughs> asking me this question i was like yay i actually really like talking about my name when it's with trans folks <laughs> um uh my so laser was a nickname um that was actually part of it kind of the last two letters of my dead name were la and so that kind of transitioned into laser and it kind of it's kind of beautiful how it like dead name and then laser kind of they were all ran together and then we just cut off the beginning of the dead name and that kind of is like a it was like an overlap into my new life if you kind of look at it that way yeah um it really doesn't mean anything um it doesn't i i mean i think a lot of non-binary people have like nouns as names and we've just decided that anything can be a name and i believe that to be true um and every name is made up and every gender is in a way a performance and and you know kind of made up so that's where it came from but it was uh really came from a nickname and nothing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> do,
0: uh do you get a lot of strange questions about that or I mean not strange questions but um do you, do you get a common assumption of where it comes from?
1: Um people uh don't know how to pronounce it a lot of the time. People because there's people want to put a z in it, which is not how you spell laser, but that's I guess I use spell laser tag. And then people want to they assume that it's I don't know, from a different country or something or a different language. And they're like, how do you, they're afraid to say it. Like to the point where sometimes I won't get called on like in a class or something because <laughs> they're like afraid to say my name. Um, but I've, it, it, and some people are like, oh, cool name. Your parents must be cool. And I'm like, well, that's not it, but let's just move on. Um, but my, I have a different Starbucks name. I, I don't know actually how many people have a different like Starbucks or like customer service name. <laughs> just so you don't have to deal with that. You have um, they explain
0: it everywhere in your life? You've got some places where you can just move yeah,
1: on? Yeah, yeah. so my Starbucks name is Sid, so that I actually don't go to Starbucks. But, you know, for any place that I am going to deal with a stranger, just so people, Sid, people generally know how to pronounce and have heard that one before. Mm-hmm. And then they have a lot to say about Sid, which is a name I don't have any connection Like, I don't, I use so infrequently that they're like, oh, Sid, like, Sid, this person. I'm like, yes, I should have looked that up. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. (laughs) That feeling when you get home and you could totally take off your work name and pronouns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: I just love the idea of you, of like, people struggling with it. You're like, yeah, it's laser. It's French.
1: La, la, like. Well, it's the thing. It's like laser, like the noun, like the noun laser that you've heard before. Like, it's not hard, <laughs> but I, I, I get it. It's fine. I don't.
0: So in a second, we'll get to kind of the backstory that led to you discovering your identity. But sure. what? when did you finally realize and identify that um, what you were was, uh, was transgender was gender fluid?
1: Okay, so the kind of the end of the story is what you're asking for. Yes. Um, it, you know, a lot of it was um, a friend of mine who is non binary and seeing other people, friends of mine, uh, people on the internet, and eventually stopping going, uh, stopping myself from going like, that's not fair, you're not allowed to do that, blah, blah, like that inner person, and going, actually, wait, no, me that's me (laughs) the reason that I'm so defensive about that is that it's me Mm -hmm. um I think that happened about oh I really should do numbers on it but um 2017 I guess was when I came out and um it had been a pretty strong thing in my head since um since 2016 mm-hmm. so it was it was basically looking at other people and then putting a binder on and going yep yep that's <laughs> right
0: <laughs> isn't it funny that moment where you realize like you said you know you kind of have had a little bit of derision for the other for other people that were non-binary and you're like that's silly and then you go oh it's it, it's i i get so fired up about it because it's it's personal to me
1: yeah mm-hmm. So it's then very lo- familiar feeling. I, <laughs> I I think I feel that so much for people on the Internet. That they're like, nah, you're not allowed to be, you know, be gay. If we if everybody was gay, we'd all be kissing other boys. It was like, no, honey, that's you, sweetie. <laughs> you know, It's OK.
0: <laughs> so then looking back at your past, what were the signs that, you know, once you w- reach that realization of your identity um and looked back you could see what breadcrumbs could you see leading to that
1: yeah i i have a very specific memory and this is like i don't know if this is a tmi memory (laughs) of like being a kid and just (laughs) discovering my body and thinking like i really think that there's something wrong and like really holding on i've held on to that my whole life of like i don't think i'm a girl like i think that There's something broken about, you know, uh, there's a reason I'm so tall. There's a reason that, you know, before I knew what anatomy was, I was like, this isn't right. I know there's something wrong here. I think I was supposed to be a boy, you know, like that kind of stuff. And that was like always in my head, like always broken. (laughs) Like I, and something that I held on to, um, from, I guess when I was like nine, um, There are so many pictures of me, quote unquote, cross dressing, like you can look back on, that you could interpret as a sign. Um, Another story that my sister and I like to think back on is she was reading me this astrology book. um, And there's, it was like Scorpios, and a lot of, you know, women Scorpios seek power and they wish to have the power of men i'm like well yeah but everybody would like to be a man if they could and she 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 never didn't say anything but she was like that's not true (laughs) like not (laughs) you know there's so many of those things where you like just think it's a natural thing that everybody would want this it's like no yeah that is so that is
0: so common i hear that so many times over and over again that uh yeah we just grew up thinking well everybody thinks this and it's you know you either, you either think one of two things: either that everybody thinks this way, or you're really weird for thinking this, and and it's not. It has nothing to do with being trans or anything. You just think it's it's some weird kind of, you know, alien thoughts that are creeping into your brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> once your egg was cracked, how did you come to terms with this identity, or was it something that you adapted
1: quickly and easily? It took me probably a couple years to come to terms with it. Um, I was, you know, I had from when I was like, okay, maybe this might be it. For some reason, non-binary was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with, like, lots of trans friends, and I think people, you know, yay, everybody should be themselves, but non-binary and me is like, it was a little bit of, are you allowed to be yourself? Are you being selfish? Like, to myself? Like, am I just being a lot of trouble? Am I... I mean, and there's a lot of narratives about this, too, right? Are you just doing for this for the attention? Um, And since I am a performer, and I do a lot of things for attention, um, there, you know, it's kind of hard to not... It was hard to to separate that. Um, But I... It was in my head and it got to a point where it's sort of hard to go back, you know, it was like, well, I want to, I started cutting my hair shorter and shorter and started, um, you know, I, I started, I owned binders and I didn't wear them, but I just had them. And it was like, this looks really cool when I can wear a shirt the way I've always imagined myself wearing a shirt without really consciously acknowledging that. Mm hmm um and then i accidentally came out basically in a <laughs> class i was taking a like a improv class and we all had to go around and say our pronouns and i they i, I just said they them it hadn't really said it to anybody before <laughs> i was like hey them oh i was like all right well i guess it's happening now i said <laughs> it to a stranger it better come out <laughs> At that point in your
0: life, did you have a particular like role model you were looking up to, or a confidant to turn to for questioning for questions?
1: Yeah, I had a a friend. Their name is Teddy. They're great. Um, they were actually my high school quote unquote girlfriend back when we were both girlfriends, and um, they're incredible. And uh, and and they were, I think, one of the the first person I knew to come out as non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I had been talking to them and, like, what do you know? What are your tips? What are your, where do I go? Where are the websites that I can go lurk on and, you know, those message boards? And, um, and I also had my sister was a confidant of, my, of mine as well. Mm. Um, she's cis, but she was really good at like testing out names and pronouns with me, which is a really helpful person to know. And that was advice that Teddy had given me as well was like, just try it with somebody and see how it feels.
0: That's awesome. I love the idea of having that person you can talk to. Like, um, do you have a
1: spare copy of the of the manual? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you like have an extra one? I'm not gonna buy you know the thing yet, but I just wanna know what would happen if I did. Mm-hmm. You know? I
0: just I just want to read through it and see like, you know, if yeah. I were to do that, what it would all entail. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's, it's so common in our life to feel like there's a right and wrong way to do things, especially in gender transition for some reason. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's funny how much of a, of a block that can be in starting. It's like, oh, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's interesting. So getting into your coming out story what were some of the methods that you use in coming out, you know, like writing a letter or, uh, just a Facebook blast or, you know, what were some of the methods you used and then what were some of the most successful ones?
1: Yeah. I did write a letter. And then I, it w- that was really stressful. I, um, the best way I came out was to come out like face to face to people. Although that was hard when I like anticipated it. <laughs> um, and um i uh i came out to some friends like right before a show i was doing i was like i'm gonna use this name and then i didn't come out to the person who was hosting the show with me because we just didn't have time <laughs> and then came out to them afterwards and that whole thing felt really frustrating and weird i was like okay i got i gotta get a system I gotta get a system together um i think i, I yeah i don't know i i, I think Most of the time I would just have conversations with people, but I did have like a whole letter I wrote with like a list of like, here are the, you know, the names that I'm, the the words that I'm good with and the words that I'm not good with in terms of like wife or sister or like all these, she and, um, here are some resources that you can learn about. You know, we, the big, the big and annoying thing was that I am in a small way, a public figure, Um, but our audience was so freaking cool about it that um, that ended up being like probably the easiest coming out Mm -hmm. was with them because they kind of self-selected to be cool about it (laughs) Um, like we're either going to be cool or we're not and um, yeah well then
0: it's wonderful to have that that kind of support, you know, especially I find when it's something that's artistic like that, that is sort of your soul out there. Uh, <laughs> right. if, if they're accepting you, then that means they accept all of you in a way. And, and that's pretty rad. Yeah, I agree. Who was the hardest for you to have that conversation with?
1: Ooh, um, <laughs> he won't watch this, uh, probably my partner, um, because uh i was really worried about what that was going to be like he um is very sportive and is now uh, everything he does just delights me sometimes you know people talk about what his orientation is and stuff and he's like if anybody wants to put me in a box i'll you know i'll, I'll come at them you know <laughs> it's so cute um but at the time, I was like, well, I just don't know what this is going to be like. Because he started dating a person with long hair and boobs. And I started going through this process when we were getting married. And I really didn't know what that was going to be like. Um, mm-hmm. And it was hard. Um, it wasn't hard in the way that I think that a lot of people have to deal with stuff. Where it's like, I'm losing my son. Which is like, f- Sorry. It was it's awful. And it's the worst and I understand that people have to go through their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't I don't handle it well when people don't react well to my news. Um <laughs> but um yeah, it was really tricky and it was something that we both had to go to therapy and talk about and I think that it was important for me to be patient, but it was also really hard for me to be patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were some of your partner's key concerns that you talked about in therapy when you were when you were starting this and sort of how did you work through yeah. that? What were your conversations that that led you to a good place?
1: There, I think there was a concern that. We we both had friends that had gone through a transition and that had caused their relationship to end um, or had correlated with a relationship ending. Um, and that was scary, um, because we didn't want our relationship to end. And, um, it, I think that that, it was just that worry of like, I'm going to start changing and then I'm going to keep changing and then I'm going to change so much that I'm not going to love him anymore. Um, so it ultimately came down to you should totally have those concerns and I need to know I need to be okay with him having those concerns because they're totally legitimate. And I need to be okay with him not just being like, Yay, you're getting top surgery. I love that for you. Hooray. Um, but he also needs to have somebody other than me to talk to about it. Um, is the main thing because he's not one of those people who goes out and, you know, twitter threads about his problems. He he's like a private, very private person. So mm-hmm. it's like We just both need to have private, like, get people to talk to about it that isn't the world (laughs) Um, or isn't each other, really. Um, And I think that that's really good. And that's something that's, um, I've actually been learning a lot. There's a really good company or good organization called Trans Families, and they have this FAQ on their website for families of trans folks that are coming out. And the whole thing makes me so mad. They're like, but what's going to happen? You know, can I get them to stop? I'm worried about my trans kid because it's going to make their life worse. Or I'm, you know, this. And it's like, you should never say these things. It's like, listen, they need to say these things. They just need to say them not in front of their trans kid or their their trans partner. And like, it's totally okay to have these conversations, but it's really great for them to have somebody else to have them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really you,
0: important point that... Y- um to make sure not to invalidate their concerns, especially yeah. with, especially with a partner, you make sure you know Perfectly. your concerns are valid um maybe not uh, the most appropriate for me to directly be the one to to help you through some of these things. um yeah. go find the space to
1: do that um that's right for you and then you know come back to me that's 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 very cool it's it's so great and it's so like it's actually what the musical is about. <laughs> <laughs> how did the conversations go
0: with your family
1: pretty good um my parents are generally they're you know they're 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 good they're they're very progressive people very pro um you know social justice and stuff like that um the tricky thing is getting pronouns and names right um mm-hmm. and that's been the only challenge one of my favorite things that has happened is that one time we were on a family zoom for a holiday my sister brought a very loud dog toy to squeeze anytime somebody got my name wrong because <laughs> um, my sister's just not having it she's like my strongest advocate mm-hmm. um One really cool thing that happened is that um, we covered a song about pronouns and called the pronoun song by Stevani Ross. And it comes afterwards, and it was played in like a Unitarian church service online. And my my mom went to that service, and they had this whole conversation during that um, about how about why using pronouns correctly is important. (laughs) In a way that I don't think I could have expressed to my mom. Mm -hmm. That a Unitarian pastor can express better to my mom. And I think that really helped. Like, my mom went to the service because she was like, oh, my kid's song. But then was like, oh, I get it. And they had, like, small group discussions and stuff like that. And, like, it's it's just like, this is so important to me. And you don't understand why. Like, I can tell when you use my pronouns wrong to me that that means that you're using them wrong all the time. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that you don't believe me and it's invalidating and that's been the hardest part. But for the most part, it's, it's just kind of takes time. And that has been the thing that I also have to accept. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about patience here. Patience is, yeah, is I the bet key to transition both with, you know, the the people around you getting names and pronouns right or, mm-hmm. um you know, the the changes you go through with HRT there's so much that's just like you just need to be patient, and it good things will happen, but but in time, in sometimes a long time. Yeah, we're at that stage with with my family where in, they you know have said even this up to this year that you know they don't believe in it, the believe in the whole trans thing basically, but um, yeah. now they're at least finally trying to get the name and pronouns right. And I'm like, okay, that's a that's just that's some kind of win. There
1: we go. You're very nice to be patient with them.
0: I'm trying. That's Like I said, that's one thing I've been really learning through this with interviewing all these people is that, you know, a year, two years later, three, five, they, you know, the parents come around. um, The people that were struggling come around um, oftentimes. And it it just, it just takes them time. So it's hard, but but patience is, patience can work out for you in the long run with. As we wrap up the coming out story, was there anybody, uh, you mentioned your fan base, Mm -hmm. but was there anybody else that supported you or accepted you in a way that
1: was surprising to you? Uh, the first, the only thing that's coming to my mind is my, my grandfather was a, was a Baptist minister (laughs) and, um, he, he passed away pretty soon after I came out. But, um, something that he said to me once was one of my favorite things. Uh, which was I always knew more that there was more to all of that be yourself music that you make. yeah. <laughs> we do write a lot of be yourself music. That's good. There was something underneath all that be yourself music. So it was you know, I never had to fight with him about it, so I don't really know how he felt, but mm. made me very happy. That's <laughs> kinda cute that he that he sussed that out though. That's that's pretty fun. Uh, he was so into interpreting her songs, so it was very funny. It was delightful.
0: What was your first experience after coming out and trying to find community and you know more people like you to hang out and,
1: and be with? Um, I that's a great question. I was lucky in that because of all this be myself music that I make, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of the double clicks fans are Queer, we have a lot of queer fans and trans fans, and um, it's it's really badass, (laughs) actually. Um, so uh, at the beginning of coming out, I I didn't have a huge community. I mean, there were there's a lot of um, was a lot of Facebook grouping and a lot of um, you know, one-on-one DMing with people, which was really nice. Um, and reaching out to some of the people that I already knew, um, just through the band and through the community, um, that was the beginning of it, I guess. It's gotten much better since hmm. then. <laughs> um, well, yeah, once, once you come out
0: and they, they know that about you and they're yeah. already kind of predisposed to that.
1: Then yeah. During, during, during COVID, which I still feel very fresh in my coming out um it was really hard to be have around one person and then only talk to my family and all of them are cis. and so I set up a weekly queer game thing where every week all of us who are all you know queer or lg mostly trans and non-binary folks it's just like can we please just have a moment where we all hang out with each other and don't have to be perceived and if we make trans if we make jokes about trans stuff it's our own opt-in and we don't have we all have this language and stuff mm-hmm. um it's so important i think and so nice and also i found a i found a trans therapist really early on um i thought that was really important to find somebody i tried so hard cuz i went on like the psychology today website and i actually it was the first time i auditioned therapists cuz i start, i went to I first went to like a cis lesbian therapist and like the whole conversation was really freaking weird it was like very it felt like very condescending or something like oh gender that must be difficult oh okay and i'm like i don't think you grok what's happening like this doesn't feel right and then i found a trans therapist who was actually trans and had been through the transition can relate to me on like all of that stuff it's like sometimes you're just a person who happens to have this kind of background radiation. And um, he's one of my favorite people. So mm. That was cool too. And how has that helped with
0: your mental state through transition? Um, has it has it really been a key part of, of helping accept yourself and kind of find that self-love?
1: Yeah, I think it's all, I mean, just like you were just saying, it has helped me know to be patient, which is great. Like, that everything takes time, but you can have people around you that show you that it's going to be okay. Um, But also just having moments where you don't have to be defensive or be worried. Or, like, there was so much time, especially at the beginning, where I felt like I was, I would have to explain myself or something. Mm -hmm. Or it would be, like, a big deal. Um, And to be around people where it wasn't a big deal is just such a relief and it's so much less exhausting (laughs) to be alive.
0: (laughs) An experience that I had in trying to find community was, um, at first not feeling like I belonged Mm because I hadn't fully accepted myself yet. And then later it comes around to like what you're talking about, where it's like, that's your preferred space because you don't have to have those conversations, you don't have to have the explanations each time. Um, did you have something similar with that, like um, in the beginning or because they were part of your fan base, your your main community, you found that was an easier transition for you?
1: Yeah, I I had, um, so one of my very, very best friends is a trans woman. And right before I came out, we had actually just sat down, we had gone to a queer film festival and sat down and she kind of gave me a long talk about how she didn't understand non-binary people. Um, and I I wasn't out to her yet. Um, although I had, I would say, strong non-binary vibes at the time. Um, and it was, it made me, it honestly wasn't anything from her, but it made me be like, okay, I feel weird talking about this with her, and I don't know, like, I just, I, I feel like, what if I'm stepping into something I don't understand, or like, how to trans do you have to be what is the right like way to be trans am i doing it wrong like that kind of stuff where i wouldn't like um try to go run into a space and be like everybody look at me um there's a coffee shop in la that is or there was um that was queer and it was like always kind of felt like am i allowed to be here hello i am kind of gay am i here am i allowed Um, and, uh, eventually just, I think it did become more and more comfortable as. I became more comfortable with myself. (laughs) Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: What if the challenge has been for you at, at the sort of the intersection of, you know, coming out and, and, I mean, you, you already had sort of a public persona and. Now you've, you've come out, um, your fan base for the most part supported you. Were there any challenges that came up in that or, um, any parts that kind of gave you pause?
1: Um, I didn't know how it was going to go. And honestly, I not, I, if anything bad happened, I've probably blocked it out. We, we, we pissed off a lot of people in a few places enough that I think a lot of the Bigots left before I came out. <laughs> we dropped a few bombs, um, just in terms of like, hey, we hate the president, or you know, we hate these things. Um, and that that was kind of done by the time I came out. And I talk about this a lot, but I i really like to just have boundaries. I'm a person who likes to know what I expect, so. When we like start a show, for example, um, the first thing we say on stage is, I go, hello, this is my sister Aubrey, and she's amazing. And she goes, this is my sibling laser, and they're amazing. And it's like, this is the first thing that's happening. We're not saying like, hello, this is a non-binary person, and this is how you use pronouns. We're just saying, this is the correct way to do it, and this is who we are, and um, people are usually really chill. Um, And if anybody has a problem, they haven't really, if it has come up, no, it it hasn't made it to my, to my desk. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I love that
0: that you, you've sort of
1: pre-filtered your audience with some of those things and and there you go. Now you're set. I mean, there are crappy comments all the time, but I wouldn't consider them to be fans and I would, I just erase them. So I don't remember them anymore. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Our more ethereal
0: question, kind of a big picture and feeling sort of of idea here. What does yeah. transition look like to you, or what does
1: it mean to you? Um, I that's so it's such a good question because to me it's such it's so hard to call that transition is like a noun, but it's also a verb. But I think I don't know that um, it's it's weird as a verb because that implies that there's like a beginning and an end. Um and to me, I guess to me the verb version of that was like me thinking I might be non-binary and then coming out. And I don't think that there's like anything that's gonna make me more non-binary or trans than I ever was or isn't or or whatever. Um but um yeah, I don't really have an answer other than that, other than I don't think that I'm any more complete now that I've had like a gender reaffirming breast reduction than I was before I did that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the longer that I am out, the more I understand what I'm doing, which is mm-hmm.
0: nice. <laughs> sort of yeah. along the lines of uh, the patient's idea. Yeah. What are some of the key fears that you've had throughout
1: your journey and exploration? And how did you overcome those? Ooh, That's good. I was, I was worried that everybody was going to think I was a real weirdo that was making everything about me. Um, And then I overcame that by thinking I wouldn't think this about my non-binary friends. Cause I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried to change my name or, and change my gender marker um because i was worried about being on a list you know like um especially under our previous president it's like it felt really close to us all being rounded up and like it still feels pretty close to that um i honestly didn't change it until we got a new president and i don't know how much of that was fear how much of that was laziness but um that's just uh true i guess Um, and it, 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 it it was, and I do have that fear still of like having an ex on my back. But then I look at my, you know, I have a lot of passing privilege. And whenever I have those fears, I just think of my friends who don't have the, all of the many privileges that I have. And I'm like, I just want to throw myself in front of them and try to save them well, like for whenever i can I, it i don't know i don't it just feels like a shitty time to be trans but it always is so there you go
0: <laughs> yeah right it's we're in this weird period where it's like a great time to be trans there's so many more people that know about it and pronouns are a thing and and the whole deal and then it's just like there is also so much backlash and and just horrible things going on Have your goals shifted as you've gone through your transition or or your journey? Did you have anything in mind or did you have anything that you thought you would never do that is now on the table that you, or that you've done?
1: In terms of gender affirming stuff, um, I didn't think I was going to get any sort of top surgery for a long time. And then I decided I would, when I found out that there's like more different ways to do it. Uh, which is, like, a Facebook group kind of thing. And, like, you don't have to... It doesn't always have to be um, this is very specific, but, like, there's, like, either there is a female chest or a male chest, which is, like, not true, obviously, mm. as a real gender is obvious, doesn't exist kind of thing. But um, it's... Uh, so that was really... When I found that out, then I was, like... Then I got the bee in my bonnet that, like... Well, I want the chest that I want, and that became like a really big thing for me. But it wasn't a thing that I ever thought I was gonna want. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, not really. I I don't at this moment think I'll do hormones, but that could change. I allow myself to believe in the power and and change. That's that's the whole thing, you know. <laughs> it's okay.
0: So it sounds like your transition is more, with with the exception of. of... Uh that surgery you mentioned sort of more internal, more about you know your self identity and learning that and coming to grips with it
1: yeah it's it's been a lot of it, and the way that I would describe the different of uh, feeling and it is uh very i guess internal um but just waking up every morning and not having to put on a gender um that didn't fit me um putting on a gender that didn't fit me was a lot of work it was exhausting it was so much and i didn't realize how much it's not it wasn't even a physical thing you know like i could go i could wake up in the morning to put on a dress right now and eyeliner if i wanted to and it would feel fine but the fact that i put on with it this gender that i had um Mm. it was exhausting it was fake and it was not me And now I don't have to do that. And it's just so, and it's all completely about me and not about how I'm perceived. It's just like, it's freedom. It's wonderful.
0: So my next question is a a two-parter. What forms of dysphoria do you struggle with um, if you do? And then as someone who's non-binary, you know, as as someone who who is is binary trans like I am, um, there are specific things that I can do to just dive fully into my gender, to get all done up and, and, and really go all in on it. What are the things, or what are some, some of the things that you do to find validity in your identity on a day when you're sort of
1: struggling? It's a really good question. Um, uh, dysphoria for me, I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff with my chest as soon as I decided that I didn't want it, which it, it was more of a like realizing that like with gender like oh actually this thing has been pissing me off for a long time kind of situation um as soon as i that happened i was just like get this out of here i'm over it um really mad um and and really angry whenever i saw it um but that's gone now which is lovely um these days i still have a little bit with like feminine parts of my body like my hips and stuff i'm like not chill with my physical body Mm. all the time um i i think that a lot of my you know diving into my identity has to do with talking to my friends that are also non-binary and just jamming out they're so funny like i think that there is a superpower that trans people have of like puns and <laughs> joy like just being the most like funniest people to play games with um and just talk shit about transphobes and like in a way that's so empowering and that just makes me feel better about myself um and that's one of the best things i can do for my mental health um and then yeah, I mean I I love the feeling of like. I do a lot of shopping. I do a lot of like, I, I I've started making my own clothes as well. Of like mm-hmm. making my own clothes that fit me the way I want to, and um, piecing together like I want a shirt that goes like this. And like there's like really weird stuff you probably know like men's shirts button this way and women's shirts button this way. And like when you are making your own clothes, you can decide, you know, you can choose what you want your clothes to look like, or if you, how you want them to hit your hips, if not, or, and and that, that I feel like that gives me a lot of control over how I perceive myself. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So we talked earlier about the fears that you've had to overcome. Um, Hmm. Did you have any hurdles to your journey, and how did you overcome those?
1: Ooh, what do you mean by that? Like financial hurdles or like?
0: Uh, Just basically, you know, internally or externally, were there there any kind of blockers for you that, you know, presented, yeah, just sort of presented a roadblock uh, either within yourself or um, in the outside world, and how were you able to navigate
1: those? Good question. I guess the the only thing I can think of is, like, I did have to, like, fundraise to change my name. Um, I dealt with a whole bunch of crap with my insurance to get my surgery. Because they had, like, the insurance I was on had, like, a BMI limit, which is so stupid. Um, a lot of people have that, where they're like, you're too fat to get gender-affirming surgery. And it's like, well, I'm too depressed to lose weight. so. To deal with it um i i just changed my insurance and found an insurance that worked um which i was very lucky to be able to do um and um uh yeah that's the main thing i can think of like finance and then like the flopping health insurance infrastructure in this country is terrible mm-hmm. don't recommend it. <laughs> i mean i think it's bad everywhere but yeah yeah
0: Yep, we've been covering in the news. There are triumphs and and definite definite struggles all over the world. Is there anything that you feel you've been able to accomplish because of your transition and your gender journey?
1: Um, I I mean I feel a lot lighter just emotionally that I know who I am and I don't have to fake it anymore. I just think it makes me. It makes me make more genuine art. Um, it makes me better at my job. Um, and I think that's great. Makes me way better at making friends. I've been really bad at making friends my whole life. And I feel like I'm way better at it now because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is who I actually am. Yeah, we're doing it. I don't have to pretend to be a girl. Um, and um, I mean, I'm really excited to, it, you know, it's always been my mission with my music to like, take all my anger and turn it into something positive. Um, But now my whole mission is this flowchart about basically teaching us from the time, from when we're young, that, you know, if you are a queer kid, that it's awesome to be queer and that you're, you know, allowed and, you know, you're not an inconvenience um, and that's your real identity. Or... If you aren't queer, that queer people exist and um LGBTQIA plus people are in the world and around and this is how their experiences are, and like let's friggin' live it, you know?
0: Yeah. Is there a favorite thing that you've learned on your journey?
1: Ooh. I mean, I love Learning about historical trans stories—it's um, one of my favorite things. That, um, obviously, they're full of trauma a lot of the time, but there is a really good story um, in a book called *Female Husbands*, which is what the previous classification for what some people would be trans men now, and some people would be crossdresser, whatever it is. Um, and there is there was a person who you know ran away from home pretended to be a man or was a man, whatever, and um, married a lady and then got sued when people found out that this was a person with a vagina and not not a person with a penis, you know, back in the, like, 19th, 18th century. And the 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 wife who was suing them said that the reason that they didn't know that their husband was really a woman was that they were so good in bed (laughs) i was like listen it couldn't have been a lady i was sleeping with i came too hard anyway that's my favorite historical trans story (laughs) that is pretty great that is a good one yeah yeah Yeah. it's a good defense i'm sorry okay i just listen I how know. is it even possible how is it even possible lesbians can't have sex <laughs> and, uh it's i recommend like there's just so many badass i mean you had to be a total badass right but like these stories of people who were like if, either just because you were a woman and wanted to be a doctor and that wasn't allowed or because you were a trans man and like had these lives but like freaking fascinating and amazing wonderful lives so cool stuff
0: what is the advice that you have to get to give and pass on to young or closeted trans folks out there
1: find your people i guess yeah that would be my main thing (laughs) find your people people believe you people love you and um i guess we've talked a lot about patience it's so frustrating to hear it's the worst thing to hear because you don't want to be patient um, but, uh, there are, are amazing lives waiting for you. Um, yeah.
0: Patience is hard and it sucks, but yeah, it is necessary. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I do love like, that. I do love that sentiment. Because
1: people have feelings too, which is really stupid. And sometimes they have them in front of you and they shouldn't, but they do. <laughs>
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv/thetransverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com/thetransverse. Be sure to check in on what our guest Laser is up to now at lasertheboy.com. If you love what we're doing and want to help support the Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com/thetransverse.